you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hello and welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week with Phil and myself. What's going on, bud? How are you? I'm doing good. Hanging in there? Rocking Hanging in there. Wait, ready for this winter to be over, although we haven't had that bad of a winter, I guess. Right, but, uh, right. Well, we were talking before we got started uh, about uh, the uh, February and President's Day and, and mattress sales, because you you and the wife are getting a new mattress. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, we were, we were just wondering, like, where did that kind of come from? Where did they, they kind of latch on to mattresses and President's Day? <laughs> yeah, not a, not a lot of great connection there that I can no, see. No, I can't really I, find I it. Know, you know, but hey, did, whatever it is, it's, it's a sale. That's George, George for, needed so. a new mattress. And, That's right. Uh, <laughs> he declared this is he declared it mattress yes. day. <laughs> it was one of those little known amendments to the uh, <laughs> ratifications to the Constitution. <laughs> was President's Day? Well, of course, that, there's a lot of people that have the day off. So hey, why not? I guess. Yeah. So. Well, we're into we're into March actually now. But we were talking about that because Phil's got his new bed. And how's it going? Are you, are you enjoying it so far? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Good. So oh, fantastic. Yeah, we, uh, we ended up getting one of those adjustables with the, the air so we can okay. Did you get adjust the our side to our own liking. Adjustable bed too, like or like the frame it's or whatever. Take, take a little time. Yeah. Yeah. So can you t- do the tilt, like the head tilt and the feet tilt and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, it's like buying a, let's buy like buying a third car or something in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous anymore. Mattresses are crazy, aren't they? Yeah. It's so nuts. But my, my hopes with this one is they claim that you can buy parts for it. You know, so I mean, that was, that was my thing before you buy this mattress and pay this absorbent amount of money and it starts to go soft or whatever. And you got to replace the whole thing. Yeah. You know, but I mean, there's got to be parts in there that are still good. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't so, know. Uh, we'll, yeah. We'll see. We got sucked into the the concept of it. So we'll we'll find out what well, it's, it's like it's in, in like, 10 years and see if it's, you know, really that that's the case. Right. So. Yeah. I think it's like it has like a 20 year warranty or something. So maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they claim it's got a 25. Although it's oh, one 25. of those, you know, after two years, then you're you're on the hook for 20 percent. And then it goes down from there. So. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, as always, we talk about, see, it's Phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts and planning for a bed. <laughs> Could be one. That, of, that's a that's a big that's expense, right? right? Got to have a comfortable night's sleep. Yeah, so. and it's a big. It could be a big expense, so it could be Absolutely. factored in. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and get into our regular program here as well. But I always just like to start off with some chit chat. So let me ask you about this whole Wells Fargo fiasco thing. The CEO has been barred from the banking industry, and he's paying like eighteen mil or something like that yeah, uh, because of crazy. the connections for making fake accounts. I guess to me, a sales quota. So are yeah, you familiar with that what, story? What amazes me. Okay. The CEO, seriously. Yeah. He, he's somehow getting dragged into this. What in the world did he do? Yeah. So apparently well, that was a directive, I guess, right. That they were yeah. telling, yeah. you know, people to create these fake accounts and other people's names, which is nutty. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of have to wonder like, I mean, just to hit a sales quota. So yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's an interesting thing where you got it. You, it makes you kind of leery of anything whenever you're trying to deal with, when it comes to your money, I guess the, people weren't actually out anything it was just more of a sales tactic but either way right right. i mean there was in the end really any harm to any individual i don't think i don't think i'm not sure it's still legal activity you're not supposed to open up bank accounts and i mean i I think that's part of the whole 
well i guess we, to we have to get their driver's numbers. licenses and right. everything else on people when we're opening accounts for the money laundering and, and that right so i mean how are they able to do all this with <laughs> that's what i don't understand but you know how did they get away with that well, I would guess it would maybe be to in, inflating the uh, sales quotas, thereby inflates the stock price, I suppose, because then it looks like the business is doing better than what it actually is. Right. So, right. yeah, so that's where you definitely. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, it, it goes to show um, why people are skeptical of the, the financial industry. Right, whole. exactly. When yeah. stuff like this comes out, it's like, ah, see, I told you, they're a bunch of crooks. Yeah, no, exactly. And it can be tough because you kind of start, then you start getting your emotions factoring into things, which we all do anyway. And maybe this guy's emotions got the better of him and he saw some big, you know, uh, quarterly bonus or year, yearly bonus or something by by hitting a certain hitting level. Hitting a certain quota, yeah, sure. And of course, uh, I guess he had to pay like $17 million, which apparently as rich as this guy is, is nothing. But still, you know, it's just, you know, allowing your emotions to factor into things like that are tough. And so we're going to use that as our kind of a conversation piece here, how to account for our emotions in our financial planning. I think we all feel like to think that we make smart decisions based on logic and facts, like purchasing a bed, right? I mean, you, right, you did right, your homework, exactly. right? And uh, so you, you, you hopefully that you made it on based on logic and facts. But the truth is emotions probably factored into that process as well, didn't they? Oh, sure it does. I mean, it's, you know, you lay down, you feel good. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can. You know, For 15 this, minutes, this right? It's all you're testing. Yeah, look for. at all these, you know, me, my, my wife's always giving me a hard time. I'm the tech guy, you know, so this one's got an app. And it's like, really? I mean, it can track your sleep and tell you, you know, <laughs> and you can control it from the app. And all oh, this is cool. <laughs> Right. You know, so talk about the emotion side. So. Right. And so, but that wasn't the only thing that factored into your decision to buy the bed. So not at all. No. When, when you're talking with your clients, potential clients as a CPA, as a professional or and a personal financial specialist, what are the emotions that you typically find do drive them? Is it usually just the big two? Is it just fear and greed or is there some variation? Yeah. I mean, th those are the, the biggest ones, you know, everyone's fear or greed or, you know, um, not maybe not necessarily even greed. Although you get into markets like we're at today, and I mean, it's, it's a big it's hard to let go. Everyone yeah. likes to, you know, hey, this market's going great. Let's keep going, you know, not realizing at some point this probably is going to go back. Although like most people I do think understand that. But right now the, the fear is getting pushed back by the greed of what the market's doing. So True, true. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the main emotions. You know, they, they fit somewhere in, in one of those two that you've got to Make sure you understand yourself personally and, and how those emotions affect you and build the plan around that, you know, so that you're, you're comfortable. Right. And it, it's always been one of my pet peeves for our industry is that there's a lot of marketing around fear and greed. You know, you're always told, oh, you got to sell the fear, sell the fear, you know, or, or you know, the greed of what you want. Well, right. I, yeah, and I think that's definitely always the case, and it probably always has been the case because right. humans are obviously very, very driven by, you know, monetary things. I mean, the aspect of it, you know, if it was way back when and it was chickens was the currency, it didn't matter, right? You know, right. <laughs> you're still being driven by that. So what are some mistakes that you see typically in what you do every day that people kind of get tripped over on on, a, on the emotional decision-making side? Like, is there is there any kind of a few items that almost without a doubt, you just like, yep, there it is again. You know, that, that particular thing keeps cropping its head up. Yeah, it, you know, uh, they're, they're losing sight of the long term. The big pieces of, of investing in emotions is, you know, the fear of the downside, the risk. And, oh, you know, and you'll get some clients that are, are on one end of it where, oh, everything's got to be conservative. I'm retired now. 
you know, and then you get some on the other side that just don't seem to grasp the fact that you're not putting money in anymore. This is all you have. So you've got to make sure you're hedging against that downside. So, you know, basing your investment decision on that emotion is dangerous, you know, because you're either going to underperform and, and lose to inflation if you're not taking enough for us to keep up, or you're going to set yourself up for potentially a pretty hard fall. And um, as you're pulling money out, that changes the whole game. So, Right, right. Um, you know, and I would think that there's got to be times when it's appropriate to factor it in. And, and maybe it's maybe the answer really is it's it's all the time. It's just a matter of how high you let it creep in. I don't know, but I'll let you kind of answer. But are there some times when it's appropriate to factor in the in, in emotions into a decision? Like, as I'm asking you that, I, I think of like the homestead, for example, people, and there's usually a lot of emotional uh, debate about that. You know, it makes financial sense to get rid of the, the family home, but it makes emotional sense to hang on to it kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. It's, I mean, you can't just override the emotions and say, I just, what are you talking about? Don't worry about that. You've got to account for it, you know, and, and we, we are doing that throughout the planning process all the time, making sure number one, the math, all that works, but accounting for the emotions. I mean, it's funny. We, when we're talking about decisions with clients, I always tell them, you know, there, there's two rules that are going to apply. Okay. There's the math, the head rule, so to speak, you know, mathematically, does this make sense? Is it going to work? But then there's that, I call it the tummy rule, right? You got to be comfortable with it at the end of the day. And it doesn't matter if it mathematically makes sense and it's the right decision, but you're just not comfortable with it, then let's not do that. You know, and that comes up a lot of times in, I mean, one of the common areas is paying down the house, paying off a mortgage. You know, should I just pay it off and be done with it so I don't have that in, in retirement, don't have to worry about it or not? You know, and, and we can run the math and, and a lot of times when we run the math out and work the numbers, it just, it doesn't make sense. You're better off keeping the mortgage as long as the payment's reasonable, you know, fits within the budget, the interest rates are a reasonable rate. But at the end of the day, if you're just comfortable having that house paid off, knowing that I don't have to worry about that monthly expense, then let's figure out how to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, so you've got to account for both sides of it. You can't, because we are emotional beings. Sure. Yeah. You know, and decisions are made emotionally. That's just the, the fact of who we are. Right. Yeah. And I, so I say when I started out, you could, you know, we like to think that we base them on logic and facts and hopefully they play a, a, a big role. But if, you know, you're kidding yourself, if you don't think that you're, you're bringing some emotions or biases into it, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, people are wired differently. I personally, I'm more the, the factual sure. type. And yeah. It's just my nature yeah. and background. It's why I'm a CPA and a financial advisor, you know, but emotions still play in. It doesn't right. not play in, but I'm not as an emotional buyer um, as I am a, you know, logical in fact. Right. So, and so but everyone's the, different. You've got to account in, in a couple. It's very often one, one spouse is one way, another is the other. So yeah, which you know, is why they work. You've got yeah. to make sure you're, you're accounting for that on both sides of the equation with both spouses. Right. So that they're both comfortable with what's going on. Well, that all factors into the opposites attract. That's usually the case, right? A lot of times Absolutely. there's, yep. you know, multiple facets of our relationship where one is one way and the other is the other. And so I would assume that you kind of sit down with each and that's part of the asking questions and getting to know people because you want to factor in, you want to create a solid plan that is mathematically working, but also emotionally working. Absolutely. Yeah. We work with this a lot on the tax side of the equation in retirement planning, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a big part of our uh, financial planning process and, and helping clients understand, you know, what taxes look like today in their current work scenario if they haven't yet retired 
and then helping them understand long term as they enter retirement, what does that look like? You know, what does it look like once they reach required minimum distribution age and they get to or have to start taking required distributions out of the IRA accounts, the 401k? You know, what happens when a spouse passes so they can understand that whole tax side long term. So then we can start to look at is it advantageous maybe to start doing some Roth conversions and repositioning some of that money, which unfortunately comes at a cost. You got to pay the taxes up front. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one of those emotional decisions of, you know, yeah, you may be comfortable in this low bracket today, but let's take a look down the road at what it's going to look like once these different things happen. And to help position you better for that, it's going to cost some money up front today. It's going to be, you know, I'll say painful, but it's not going to be fun. You know, you're prepaying the tax, but again, that's, you've got to account for that emotional side of it. Right, right. And we run into that all the time too, where as we're going through it, you know, mathematically, it might make sense to do conversions at a, a much higher level where there's a bigger tax bill because, you know, taxes are at a low point today. We've got this lowered tax bracket for a short period of time, but yet if they're just not comfortable writing that check and paying that tax up front, then let's not do it. Yep. I agree. No, exactly. So emotions, you got to factor them in. You got to think about them. Uh, and that's some ways to consider how to account for that here on this week's podcast. Uh, make sure when you're talking with your advisor that you're being honest with how things affect you, both from a logic standpoint and from an emotional standpoint, because if it's just not sitting well with you in, in the tummy, as uh, as Phil referred to in the stomach, then it's going to bother you on down the way. So that's our main section of our podcast this week. Let's turn our attention to an email as we finish up. Uh, but as we always do, we want to mention that if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast so that you can hear future episodes and check out past episodes and all that good stuff, make sure you subscribe to us at Phil's Tax Hacks, whether it's on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever. You can simply just search Phil's Tax Hacks and you'll find it. All right. So let's see what, uh, let's see, it's Buddy. Yep. It's Buddy in Farmington. What's Buddy got for you? He says, Phil, I have several thousand dollars of company stock uh, that I'd like to cash in and make a down payment on some land where eventually I'd like to build a vacation home. Any thoughts uh, or reasons why I shouldn't do that? Probably not any reasons you shouldn't. It's just understanding, again, you know, back to what we talked about the emotions, the, the uh, ramifications of potentially doing that. Probably the biggest ramification you're going to have to face is the tax side of it. Um, I don't know exactly the scenario under which you've acquired this company stock if it's been through you know, some kind of a stock ownership uh, incentive bonus type of plan, but there could potentially be some tax cost to you to liquidate and then move that into uh, this land. So, you know, I always account for that tax side of the equation. You know, it's probably the, the biggest thing. But no, I mean, is the only other flip side of it is make sure that this isn't, again, back to your plan, money you were planning on using in retirement for a living. You know, now you're converting it to a, an illiquid asset vacation home so just as long as it fits in the plan if it was kind of earmarked for that anyways then it's going to come down to understanding the tax cost and, and timing to do it so gotcha okay all right well there you go buddy thanks so much for the question we appreciate it as always uh, if you'd like to submit your own questions to the show or you'd like to talk with phil there's a couple ways you can do it go to his website afswealthmgt.com that's for his company afs wealth management again that is afswealthmgt.com and you can also call as well, 248-888-7530. And we certainly recommend that you always do so before you take any action. If there's something that's really pressing, you 
thinking about doing or whatever the case is, always talk with a qualified professional like Phil. He's a CPA and a personal financial specialist. And you want to make sure that you're having that conversation before you take any action, just to be on the safe side, run, uh, you know, kind of bounce it off of there. 248-888-7530, that number to call. As always, and we appreciate your time. Phil's got more than 30 years of experience here in the financial services world. And I think that's going to do it for us for this week, Phil. I think I'll let you get up out of here. Sounds good. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the bed. And uh, Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. So. And we'll, we'll talk more Getting soon. it all adjusted the way we like it. That's right. you got to play with them for a while. That's for sure. All right. Well, have a great week, folks. And we'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.